Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today is March 23rd, and we're going to talk about the cause of walking pneumonia, mycoplasma pneumoniae. Mycoplasma pneumoniae causes mycoplasma pneumonia which is probably the easiest disease agent association I've ever seen. Mycoplasma pneumoniae is a super cool organism. It doesn't have any peptidoglycan, so it doesn't have a bacterial cell wall at all. To help with its integrity, it has a three-layer thick cell membrane made of sterols. Mycoplasma pneumoniae is an atypical pneumonia. Atypical pneumonias are called this because they have a very long onset and duration, but relatively milder symptoms. The symptoms are usually more systemic than respiratory and include fever and malaise. They also have weird findings like there's a dry cough but no sputum production and normal white blood cell numbers. When these patients have a chest radiograph, there is no lobar consolidation like in typical pneumonias. The infiltrates are diffuse and so severe you expect the patient to be worse off than they are, but they're just up and walking around. That's why this atypical pneumonia is often called walking pneumonia. It can cause the development of erythema multiforme, which is a type 4 hypersensitivity that causes the eruption of small target-like rashes all over the extensor surfaces, which typically resolve in a few days. This can often be misdiagnosed as Lyme disease. It has Very rarely, it can cause the formation of Steven-Johnson syndrome, which is a spectrum of skin lesions from red macules to fluid-filled bullion. Since this organism doesn't have a cell wall, gram staining is not helpful. Cultures require the use of Eaton's auger, but takes weeks to produce, so it isn't often used. Diagnosis is usually through detecting anti-mycoplasma pneumonia antibodies or through detecting cold agglutinins. This is really weird, and it can happen in some situations and some conditions. When you take a patient's blood in an anticoagulation tube, it's not supposed to coagulate at all. But sometimes, if you put that tube in the fridge, the blood will coagulate. This is when you have cold agglutinins. During some infections, IgM molecules are created against the red blood cell I antigen. Due to chemistry and physics nonsense, the antibodies will bind better to the red blood cells when the temperature is around 4 degrees Celsius, which is refrigeration temperature. This binding to red blood cells will cause the lysis of those red blood cells, causing a hemolytic anemia, which will produce weakness, dizziness, dyspnea, jaundice, dark-colored urine, hepatosplenomegaly, etc. This infection is often self-limiting, but if treatment is needed, it's important to remember that this organism doesn't have a cell wall, so any drugs that target the formation of the peptidoglycan layer are not useful. Therefore, you're going to have to lean towards um, targeting the protein production. So tetracyclines and erythromycins are effective. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 25-year-old female presents to the clinic with progressively worsening shortness of breath for the past three weeks. Vital signs reveal a temperature of 100 degrees Fahrenheit, a pulse of 110 beats per minute, and an oxygen saturation of 93% on room air. 
Physical examination reveals mild erythema of the nasal mucosa and respiratory rails, inspiratory rails, at the right lung base. He is producing a very small amount of sputum that is not red. His purified protein derivative test was negative. Chest radiography reveals diffuse bilateral multi-lobe infiltrates. What is the fastest method to confirm the most likely diagnosis? Is it A, cold agglutinin test, B, urine antigen test, C, acid fast staining, or D, growth on Eton's auger? First, diagnose the patient. This patient is presenting with fever, tachycardia, dyspnea, rails, and shortness of breath for the past three weeks, which is a long duration for a respiratory infection. He is also producing a small amount of sputum. Therefore, this is highly suggestive of an atypical pneumonia. Atypical pneumonia can be caused by mycoplasma pneumoniae, chlamydia pneumoniae, chlamydia petechiae, and legionella pneumophilia. Chlamydia species infections have to be diagnosed via serology or PCR. Legionella pneumophila will be diagnosed via growth on buffered charcoal yeast extract auger or via urine antigen testing. Choice A, cold agglutinin tests, is a really fast way to test for mycoplasma pneumonia infections because 50 to 70% of patients will form IgE antibodies against the red blood cell I antigen, which causes blood coagulation at cold temperatures. B, urine antigen testing would be appropriate and fast if the patient had Legionnaire's disease or Pontiac fever. However, this patient isn't presenting with pneumonia and diarrhea, which would suggest Legionnaire's disease or a mild flu cold-like illness that would possibly be Pontiac fever. Therefore, this isn't a good test for the most likely diagnosis. Choice C, acid fasting, is a great to diagnose mycobacterium species infections. This isn't a tuberculosis infection because this patient is not presenting with consolidations in the upper lobe with hilar adenopathy. The patient has also had a negative PPD test. Choice D, growth on Eaton's auger, would confirm an infection with mycoplasma pneumoniae, but this takes weeks to accomplish. Therefore, the correct answer is A, cold agglutinin tests. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.